Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. America faces a choice. This is Battleground America. Here's Tara Servatius. Pay sharp attention to what's going on over in Britain with banking. You may have heard a little bit about this, but Nigel Farage, who got debanked by a British bank for supporting Brexit, which was also supported by more than half the British people in not one but two votes that led to the country splitting off from the EU. Nigel Farage, it turns out, lost his bank account with a bank called Couts because of it. It's called caused something of an uproar in the UK, but he's got a warning it's coming here if it's not already happening. You see, in the modern world, actually, having a bank account is just as important as having water and electricity coming into your home. It is absolutely essential to carry on living. So really, you know, cancelling bank accounts, it's the ultimate form of cancel culture. You become a non-person. And they did this to me, and the reason that I blew the whistle on it is because I realised it was happening to so many other people. The march through our banks and and much of our corporate sector of the so-called ESG uh, agenda or the diversity and inclusion agenda uh, means that financial institutions that we thought were there to take our deposits and then to lend out to people in mortgages um, have now become politically highly active. And I was cancelled, and you know, I managed to get the data from the bank. Um, I was cancelled because I did not align with the bank's values. I mean, talk about Orwellian. So basically what happened in a nutshell was this. He found his decades-old accounts cancelled. And he heard through back channels it was because he'd written negative things about Black Lives Matter, supported Brexit, supported Trump, um, and allegedly was in league with Putin or something. So the bank was asked by the British media, hey, why'd you kick this guy out? Well, initially the CEO lied and said, well, his balances weren't high enough and he uh, released those. They they were. Well, it would eventually turn out they had a secret committee inside the bank that was politically assessing their customers and canceling them. So as that came out, the CEO was forced to resign. But here's where it gets really stunning. It wasn't an isolated incident. Far from it. 
Farage, you may know from his interviews on Fox News, is a longtime Trump supporter and strategist who's been involved with Trump's campaigns and a lot of freedom issues across the globe. Okay, here's where it gets nuts. Headline, Breitbart. Shame, fear, meant even rich and powerful didn't admit they'd also been debanked until Farage broke his story. They were ashamed of it, and they didn't come forward. So it wasn't just Farage. They weren't even getting the little guys, folks. They'd already moved on to British MPs. That's members of parliaments like our Congress members from governing conservatives to get this. Even the country's finance minister had been debanked, and they weren't talking about it. It gets worse. Farage warns that the world's banks are beginning to use these sort of social credit style scoring systems that actually go to your social media accounts and word search to see what your politics are. He says it's coming here if it's not here already. And he says it may not be obvious because the bank told him, no, no, it was for other reasons. He had to use arcane freedom of information laws to get the internal documents to prove they had deliberately through a committee voted to terminate his accounts for purely political reasons. It's coming here, he says, if it's not here already. If they can do it to me, they can certainly do it to you. And what we do know is that the British clearing banks are now working with some of the credit agencies to put in place word checks on the social media accounts of their customers. Wow. So you can see the direction. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. This is really, this is, we are literally on the verge of this happening. That's from an interview by Breitbart News on Sirius XM this week. Now, fortunately, in the UK, he's been able to get help with this from both sides of the aisle. So we really, really, really have to start shouting. I have to say I'm very pleased with one thing, and that is that in response to this, the British Prime Minister and the British Chancellor, the Exchequer and Junior uh, Treasury ministers have actually responded uh, very quickly uh, to this to this sort of loud protest that I've made. But you have to wonder, would anyone here protect us in an era where America's leaders are increasingly more radical than even the UK's? Who would protect us? No names come immediately to mind. I mean, Mitch McConnell of the vacant 30-yard stare? Nope. What, Kevin McCarthy will do a 30-second Fox News interview where he complains and then fundraises off of him? And I don't know. That's why winning the 2024 election and at least holding on to one house, if not, you know, getting both, is absolutely critical at this point because this is exactly where we'll be going if we lose. Meanwhile, in other news, for a very long time, there's been an internet rumor that Barack Obama was gay or bisexual. (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong with that gotta throw that disclaimer in anyway there's been an internet rumor about that it's very detailed for a very long time but the mainstream media like all that kind of stuff of course ignored it wonder how long they'll be able to ignore this obama according to a biographer once wrote to his ex-girlfriend that he quote repeatedly fantasizes about making love to men garrow told this to tablet magazine in an interview this week so here's the story garrow got a copy of this letter from obama's ex-girlfriend but the ex-girlfriend had redacted one paragraph which she told him was about homosexuality 
he really wanted to read it. Then he found out that the letter had end up, ended up in a collection of letters at Emory University. So Garrow, the biographer, emails a friend of his who works for the university and has been in and out of the archives for years. He spent his whole life at Emory, but they wouldn't let him take pictures of the letter, even though he had access to the archives. So Harry has to sit there with a pencil and copy out the paragraph where Barack Obama writes to Alex about how he repeatedly fantasizes about making love to men. Obama, by the way, married his wife in 1992, so that didn't seem to get in the way of that. No wonder Michelle always looks grouchy. Sure would explain a lot. Anyway, um, going to be interesting to see if the mainstream media can ignore this, or maybe they'll report it and celebrate it. I'm sure, though, that this isn't the last we've heard of this. Meanwhile, by now, you've probably heard the highly ironic story about two of our U.S. Navy sailors arrested on charges of selling secrets to China. Quite frankly, it's a wonder we caught them at all. Given that the Biden administration shut down a China-focused anti-espionage program inside the Department of Justice, according to Politico, back in March. Oh, I can imagine they did. Not surprising. They wouldn't want members of their own administration caught doing it. Speaking of which, did you see this unbelievable headline about Biden's Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm meeting with top CCP officials before Biden tapped our strategic petroleum reserve to allegedly, you know, release some of it to ease Americans' pain at the pump. No American pain was eased, by the way. Nope, the Chinese bought almost all of it at a deeply discounted price because Trump had bought it so cheaply and they kept it in their own reserve. It's absolutely galling to find out she called them, what, for permission to release it? The whole deal right now is the subject of an investigation by the House Committee on Oversight and Reform uh, by Nancy Mace and James Comer. They're looking into how the oil, which was supposed to help Americans by you know flooding the market with more oil, was actually sold to the Chinese on the promise that they'd release some too to help bring down world oil prices. Of course, they didn't bother. They just socked it into their own reserves, and now they have the largest oil reserve on earth but it's who they sold it to which is raising eyebrows when you combine it with the fact that Granholm called them to talk about it before they did who'd they sell it to a company called Unipec America it's a subsidiary of Sinopec it's a company owned by the Chinese Communist Party so who profited well China but Hunter Biden Hunter Biden yep His private equity firm has a financial stake in, you won't believe it, the same company. Did he profit? Yup. In fact, you've got to wonder if this whole climate change thing with the Biden administration is just cover for their Chinese energy grift. Especially since over the weekend, new text messages that have recently been given to the FBI show that a Chinese energy company sought to utilize its connections to Hunter Biden in order to purchase domestic energy assets within the United States. To even talk about that kind of deal with the Chinese, you've got to register as a foreign agent. If you don't, it's a felony. Hunter didn't. That's according to John Solomon's Just the News. The text exchange in question took place between two of Hunter's business partners, Tony Bobolinsky and James Gillier, on Christmas Eve of 2015. Does that sound a lot like what's going on today? 
with the with us finding out the Chinese are buying up farmland in America and the Biden administration seems utterly unconcerned. Is that what they're paying for? Meanwhile, Republican Representative Jim Jordan released a new edition of the Facebook files. They're shocking. They highlight how the Biden administration sought to suppress Daily Wire content, their Ben Shapiro's outfit, highly conservative, and get this, even use their algorithms so no one or virtually no one would see content from the New York Post. And that wasn't good enough. The Biden administration wanted people repeatedly sharing information news from these outlets to be completely wiped off of social media. Even worse, they wanted the content of their competitors like CNN amplified. It's interesting, again, that the Biden White House would want to censor the New York Post since they've been the only, you know, large mainstream media outlet accurately reporting on Hunter and ultimately likely Joe Biden's crimes. Quote, newly subpoenaed internal notes of meetings between Facebook executives and Biden administration officials reveal more about the lengths the Biden White House wanted to go to to control true speech on Facebook. In 2021, the White House wanted to control what narratives and true content was posted on Facebook. White House Facebook liaison Rob Flaherty, who I guess was the chief thug in charge of censorship for the regime, questioned whether Facebook was doing enough to reduce traffic to sites like the New York Post. Quote, Rob Flaherty wrote, I'm curious, New York Post turning out articles every day. What's supposed to happen to that? Does that article get a reduction? Labels? Up until now, what mysterious power the Biden administration had over Facebook has been something of a mystery. I mean, they're dictating how Facebook's supposed to operate here. And a lot of folks on our side just assume, well, they're all liberals, right? So they're all in it together and they're just working together because they're all friends. We now know that's not the case. I mean, sure, Zuckerberg might be a liberal. I don't know. But that's not why he censored me, you and the New York Post. Zuckerberg did it because of something called Executive Order 13848, a true unconstitutional horror show that gives the deep state emergency powers to shut down almost all functions of search engines and social media in punishment for not censoring what they call disinformation. This power was given to the Secretary of the Treasury, the Secretary of Defense, the Attorney General, the Secretary of Homeland Security. This is why we now know that the FBI was chosen to do the censorship. It wasn't random. They report to the Secretary of Homeland Security. They are a sub-agency. And who gave them this power? That's the most shocking part of all. Donald J. Trump in 2018. Look it up. Read it for yourself. It'll shock the conscience. I'm still reeling from it. Again, it's Executive Order 13848. So it turns out the whole time at the end of his presidency that Trump was wandering around complaining about social media censorship. And then eventually after his presidency, the fact that his own social media accounts were taken and shut down. Well, he did that. He did that to us. I hope he didn't know he did it. Maybe he just signed what they put in front of him. But if he had read a mere two pages into this executive order that he signed, he would have known it. That is where Biden's power comes from. And that is the power we are trying to get back now. These conservative attorney generals who are suing Biden in Missouri v. Biden. So it expired in 2022 after Joe Biden used it to censor the New York Post 
and cover up he and Hunter's crimes. Joe Biden would re-up the executive order. That's how bad it was. Joe Biden extended it when he signed it and extended the emergency in 2022. So we're still operating, folks, under an emergency that allows the deep state and all those agencies I mentioned before to shut down social media completely, like no transactions. It's one step short of literally confiscating it. So these social media titans are at the absolute mercy right now for every day-to-day operation of the deep state. Why did Trump do it? You got me. But it's one of the reasons I've got issues with it. Battleground America with Tara Servatius. Please subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Share with friends, family, and other free thinkers. Thanks for listening. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.